Thank you for tuning in to the Danimonium podcast. It's January 22nd on Wednesday afternoon. My schedule has been up in the air the past two weeks. It seems every day, if not every other day, has been a reschedule of an appointment. How am I supposed to keep a schedule when things are uh, fluctuating like that? How am I supposed to make any money when things are fluctuating like that? I can't. Those days of reschedule are lost money, it's lost time, extra expense and mileage and all that good stuff. So anyways, I was going to do a podcast about space and I tried recording a few times. In addition to that, I have been off the mic for just over a week now. Anytime I do that, I feel like I'm back to square one. On top of that, I've been focusing on work and also spending too much time on the, the social media and I feel like my brain is drained. It has drained and sucked the creativity right out of my brain. And then I was, uh, again, just watching some documentaries about space and kind of absorbed in that whole idea and the uh, epicness and size of just the galaxy, stars, the lifespan of a star. You know, how it's so, uh, the, the lifespan of a star is fucking crazy. It's such a chaotic balance of a high intense gravitational pull and then basically nuclear fusion going on in the center, which is creating energy outward. So the pressure inward and the energy outward is the delicate balance and chaos of a star. It's fucking crazy. And with the previous recordings that I tried to do on space, it was kind of like creating a class and educational, you know, system and organizing this information and trying to explain it in a way without any visual aid and scope of, uh, with certain, which certainly helps when you're talking about space. I mean, uh, the graphics of these documentaries are awesome. Uh, and I didn't want to move on to any more until I started talking about what I've seen already because it's just crazy. If you don't have an interest in space, you're not cool, man. Space is cool. So rather than going through the information in a pattern like I'm trying to educate and go through some facts and explain the vastness of this right concept... I think I'm just going to do a regular podcast, maybe occasionally throw some things out there, like, uh, you know, I briefly talked about the sun, the uh, life cycle of the sun, the delicate and chaotic balance of the sun and stars, uh, but little facts like, hey, the sun is also called a yellow dwarf star, right? Yellow because of its color and dwarf because of its size. I think it prefers little star, but I could be wrong here. You know, we're in 2020, things are changing. Okay, so this is a small star, but yet the size of the Earth, we can fit one million Earths inside the sun. So that's not small on a, you know, on a scale that we might perceive of, right? But it's small in comparison to other supergiant stars out there. It's crazy. It's crazy. So if you think about that being a dwarf star, right, and the energy that's emitted from the sun with each second generates 380 billion billion megawatts of power. 
to give you a relationship of uh, scope on what we have here on Earth and what we've developed, like the Hoover Dam, for example, that generates 2,080 megawatts. So 2,080 compared to the sun, 380 billion billion megawatts. (laughs) The sun emits more energy than we ever have in our entire civilization. Not only do stars have a massive and chaotic yet delicate balance of life, but they're also emitting energy, right? There's some danger to them as well. Like stars, the bigger the star is and the sun being a dwarf star, it only has, uh, what was the number? Maybe a million, you know, 150,000 to a million. Maybe it's a trillion uh, magnetic uh, fields around it right and these are intertwined and like we have a magnetic field between two poles this is so chaotic and there's so much energy being emitted and so much chaos going on on the star and the gravitational pull is is so intense um, that between all this chaos it creates we'll call it a million magnetic poles between the whole sun that's crazy all right, and when you go around the, I believe it was Galileo, this is pretty interesting, right? If this doesn't strike fear into you, I don't know what does. <laughs> but back in the day, Galileo, uh, when observing the sun, realized that there were dark spots on the sun, and they, and they were changing its location. So through observation, we realized, okay, while the sun is rotating, because these spots are moving, and I'm documenting this, and there's a continual movement, calculable movement. So the sun is rotating. But these dark spots are sunspots. Okay, and through this chaotic magnetic field, the sun is emitting solar flares at a rate that we can't even fathom. Um, And these are like... A-bomb explosions, (laughs) or maybe even H-bomb explosions. I don't know, hydrogen bombs, atom bombs, or is the atom bomb a hydrogen bomb? I don't know. I think it's all kind of uh, relative. It's just uh, a matter of size, I think, all the same thing, but on a more epic scale. And uh, so the sun, if you even try to get close to the sun, it's so fucking loud that you'd probably uh, explode just from being too close to it if the heat doesn't kill you and or the radiation doesn't melt you. Um, But we have these things called sunspots and we have solar flares, okay? So when you try and take a combination of both of those, so that we've already established that the sun is rotating, all right? It's in its own place, but it's rotating around. Okay, and the sun also has differential rotation, which it's not like the earth, it's a uniform, the whole earth is moving around and rotating in a uniform, you know, as one. Um, Differential rotation, like the stars and what the sun has, for example, the center rotates around, um, I believe it was uh, like 25 days. Right, so 25 days is a revolution of the center of the sun, and at its poles, we'll call it, you know, at its ends, um, it rotates. It takes 35 days or something like that. So they're just—it's—it's it's rotating. This whole mass is so uh, crazy hot and dense that this thing, and chaotic that this thing is even rotating. From the center to the poles has a different rotation, differential rotation. 
So back to the sunspots and the solar flares. When you get a combination of those things, right, and the sun is rotating, and then as it's rotating, right, there's a sunspot that is pointed directly at Earth. Okay? Now, when you have a solar flare in a sunspot, it can be a hundred million, billion, trillion times more powerful. <laughs> That's a fake number, but I don't know what the number is. But it's a lot more intense, and it's so much more powerful than just a regular solar flare coming off the, the uh, surface of the sun, which can be as high as, you know, two miles into the air. These things are huge, okay? But you get the, the perfect storm, it's called, where the sun is rotating, the sunspot is facing the earth and there's a massive explosion in that sunspot which creates an intense solar flare and if it's pointed at earth all that radiation and energy gets thrust towards earth if we were to travel to the sun it would take us years to get there these solar flares in these sunspots are so intense that they can reach earth in up to 16 hours okay it takes us years to get there potentially, and the solar flare travels it in 16 hours, okay? The scary part about these perfect storm solar flares and, uh, you know, sunspots and all that, <clears throat> the most intense thing is that if we do have a perfect storm as pointed directly at Earth and it creates this massive explosion and we get all this radiation, uh, there's going to be disruption within our communications, so there's scientists and there's people observing the sun, observing the space all over the world. They're keeping an eye on this all the time. And I would like, there's certain precautions that we can make. So closing up satellites so to protect it from radiation. Um, we can also uh, turn back the power uh, that's going through our uh, you know, generators, power lines, uh, mass power plants. So we turn that back. So the, the, the increase in energy that is given from this solar flare doesn't overload and, and destroy and create fires and uh, potentially create a large, large amount of damage to our civilization and how we know technology and all that good stuff. So if you're somebody that likes to dabble around still in analog products i think that's awesome <laughs> you are going to be the zombie survivors you're going to be the end of the world survivors because our technology is not going to last at some point you know so if this if that doesn't scare you fucking radiation and if we have some of this this powerful energy um that ends up hitting the earth right it goes around our magnetic field and we're protected by the magnetic field in the atmosphere so this energy is shooting towards earth right and it kind of goes around earth around this this field but if it's a, a little bit more intense then it can go around to the back side of the magnetic field almost snap or separate the mag magnetic field and some of that energy flies back down to space so it follows the magnetic field to the poles and i believe that's um oh man i don't know if it's hydrogen or what it is but it the analogy that was used is it's like a uh the way that neon signs function right so or maybe it's argon 
Oh man, there's a different few different chemicals, but that creates the northern lights. So when it, it if there was a flare and energy powerful enough to go around the magnetic field, snap on the other side, some of those particles and energy, um, you know, get sucked back through. They separate, kind of uh, get sucked back through the magnetic field and end up in the poles, which creates our aurora borealis. So that's pretty cool, right? So the aurora borealis is like neon and compared to neon. So there's charged particles in a gas-filled tube with neon. Okay, and if you have, uh, that's what it is. So it's the magnetic... um, magnetic field that's created mixed with certain chemicals so if you have oxygen in this within this magnetic field it will glow a green or a red if you have nitrogen it will glow more of a pink blue and violet all this energy and sciencing over here this is fucking amazing it's fucking phenomenal so that's just some things just not even tipping the iceberg on space and these are things that are observable within our galaxy and we have the capabilities to observe quite a distance but uh you know this this is more close to home you know and again the sun being a dwarf star it's um it's a tinier star so there's one star that they call beetlejuice and it's not spelled like the movie but it's 13 times the size of the sun and it's within our galaxy Um, It's within the Orion belt. I don't know exactly where, but you could look it up and maybe get get your telescope out and check it out for yourself if the conditions are right. So this is a star 13 times the size of the sun, which is fucking huge. So if you put that in our solar system, the center of Betelgeuse is now the center of the sun. Betelgeuse will extend to the orbit of Jupiter. All right, and the reason they brought this particular supergiant, I don't know if it's considered a supergiant or if it's just a normal star. Supergiants are probably even more massive, but this thing, 13 times the size of the sun, is said to be reaching the end of its life. Okay, at the end of its life, there's violent, a violent explosion, okay, called a supernova. But at the end of its life, it's the result of burning off most of its energy. So at the center, you have nuclear fusion where hydrogen and helium are running into each other and maybe other particles. I don't even know, man. But they're, they're slamming into each other. And they're slamming into each other so violently, moving so fast. The core is so hot that these, these elements are fusing together, which is nuclear fusion. All right? And the larger the star is, the hotter this core is burning, right? So our, our sun is not capable of burning. In, in the hotter it burns, the more dense elements you get in the center of that supergiant star, dwarf star, whatever, a star, right? So our sun it does not burn hot enough to actually create uh, uranium, I believe. I forget what the most densest... Uh, material it can create but a supergiant star burns so hot and it's moving so crazy and it's uh it's on a scale uh 10 times 13 times the size of the sun so it's uh more violent right it burns hotter it's going to burn denser materials in its core such as uranium and even i don't know if it's beetlejuice but it, it could be burning 
plasma. It's so hot. I don't even know what this means, people, <laughs> but I know it's fucked up. Right? You figure how hot the sun is burning, and then you got something 13 times the size of that. Okay? So when it's, it's going through this nuclear fusion in the center and it starts to burn off the last of its energy, it has no more energy to emit outward. Okay? So it succumbs to its gravitational force. It doesn't have the energy pushing itself outward, so it's getting sucked in and devoured within itself because it's that intense and the, the center is so dense, okay? Until all this fucking material, something the 13 times the size of the sun, gets down to about, what is it, the size of a pin, and then fucking explodes into a supernova, okay? Not only is this massive massive explosion going on but i believe at its poles uh, it might depend on the size of the star and or supergiant star but at its poles it, it emits beams of energy hurling through space okay if the solar flares don't scare you then a supernova should because if we are in path of one of those beams we will probably we'll probably get wiped out it's like an alien coming down here with its super high technology, you know, plasma guns where we are just devoured in radiation within seconds. You know, you get shot by an alien alien gun, you're gone. You're turned to dust, laser beams. And that would be the Earth. You know, one of the great things about the universe and these things going on is that they're so far away from us. Okay, we're hoping to... Keep an eye on that Betelgeuse star and look for that point of the supernova and document more information on these things. Okay, it said that this is a uh, astronomer's like gold being able to see one of these things happen because uh, it's just that rare and it happens so quickly and so violently that um, you know we'll miss it. It's easy to miss, but it's so close. We're keeping an eye on it. This thing is on the verge of its the end of its life and when it does explode at its high intense moment that we will see it will burn like three four times brighter than the moon or something like that than a full moon which is pretty bright so we're going to be able to visually see this thing and it could light up our skies anywhere from two weeks to four four or five days or something like that i don't know whatever they said they don't even know but it will be visible. Will it be able to see it? And I think that's pretty fucking cool. And thank God that it's so far out there, right? You want to be right next to something 13 times the size of the sun when that thing gets devoured in its own gravitational pull down to the size of a pin and then fucking explodes? You're done. You wouldn't even feel it. That might be the best way to go. You'd never know what hit you. Yeah, I'm going to try and post up some pictures just so you can see some screenshots that I took of the documentary. And it's a visual that you have to see in order to kind of get the scope of really like that's our sun. These are super giant stars. This is crazy. Okay, I didn't even get into neutron stars and magnetars, which are even more crazy. I think they're like super giants that are on an epic scale and so dense. Its core is so dense. If you take material of its core the size of a golf ball, right? and you drop it, you wouldn't even be able to hold it as it's so dense. But if you drop it, it will fall right through the center of the earth. It's that dense. A golf ball. 
this is plasma shit going on. And I thought at the end of a, a star's life, if they're super intense, that it actually creates a black hole, right? It collapses on itself and then kind of creates a black hole. So this can't be for every star, but there's got to be some sort of stars in a slightly different condition for these stars to collapse on itself and create a black hole. And there's so much more to cover. Mars, the potential of alien life, galaxies. I think we're on a spiraling path with the Andromedan, Andromeda galaxy, right? So both galaxies, and this is going to be millions, millions, millions of years from now. And if we survive this, I mean, there's no, there's no surviving this. So if we survive millions and millions of years from now, one, the sun's either going to burn out, or two, our galaxy is on a collision course with the Andromeda galaxy, and then it will spiral for probably a million years, right, between both of its gravitational poles, and then when the galaxies actually collide, holy fuck, man. That <laughs> holy shit. This stuff is so fucking fascinating, and I wanted to have a guest for this podcast, and I am going to do more about space. I'm going to have a guest. It'd be great to have some ideas to bounce off of and just make it a little bit more funny and entertaining, but this stuff is fascinating, man. Like I said, space is so cool. So I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you enjoyed a little bit and hearing about our sun and some of the things that we take for granted. Everything in our daily lives, you know, we go about our little remedial lives and we don't fucking really think about the bigger picture and or the scope of things, right? So when you're super upset about something, just realize you're basically made out of a star, created over millions and millions of years over crazy shit and exploding stars and elements combining and uh, carbon flying through space and photons and single cell organisms um, creating fucking and here we are okay so when you have a bill that you're down about you know you you're you're having trouble paying a bill well that does suck financial financial fucking problems suck man there's probably that's probably one of the worst things Okay, but when you're like, yeah, yeah, this person called me a lame ass, man. I'm fucking upset about it, right? It hurt my feelings. Fucking just remember, like, you're a fucking star. Like, that shit doesn't matter, right? You're fucking here today. I mean, I mean, you're focused on little shit, right? Take a minute, look at the bigger picture, and get over that little shit. I know it helps me to get over some shit. You know, I don't worry about shit anymore. First, you got to take your ego and it's not, you know, not make it all about me, 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 me all the time. All right, because I'm upset or I'm bored. Oh, fucking enjoy it. Right. Be bored and then think about some shit. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. But it's it's fucking uh, I don't know. I think I enjoy thinking about this stuff. I think I think more people should think about this stuff than the fucking stupid, you know, bullshit of uh, some of the daily shit going on. Like when I get spam, I get spam emails, I get spam phone calls, and now I'm starting to get spam text messages. How fucking annoying. There's nothing that I can do about it. Right? Half of these are related to my business. Right? 
So not only on my personal line, but it also is intertwined with my business. And there's bullshit that just look for business information and then send you bullshit shit. I'm fucking sick of technology. My thought is that I'm going to go back to uh, the telegraph. I'm going to go back to Morse code, fucking hack that shit, right? And I'm going to learn sign language, right? So when it's like that movie Quiet Place where you can't say shit, you know, there's aliens that invade and they they uh, pick up on the vibrations of sound and super sensitive to sounds. I'll be able to communicate. I won't be able to communicate with anybody. I'll be able to talk sign language. No one will probably be able to understand me because nobody knows. But I think that's good, good shit, right? What if you had a friend that you commonly travel with on, a, on, a, on the train, right? And you don't want to talk, you know? And you're just sign languaging. Nobody knows what the fuck you're talking about. Which ultimately brings me to another idea. Time to make that money, yo. I'm coming for that money, yo. Make the idea and then I'll just get the money, okay? Um, but we should have a class. Is there some sort of class on old school or just survival skills, right? I know there's survival, more of the primitive or primal survival skills and nature classes and things like that but what about something education based that's set up for some of those things that could ultimately save your life in certain situations i mean it's sad that we're living in a time that we are and you know the scale or and or what we hear about um uh, things that are going on but we might you gotta you gotta come to terms with the fact that you know there is a chance in today's times there is a chance that you could be put in a situation where you can't really talk, an intense situation where you need to communicate with somebody but you can't say a word. I know Morse code is uh, some taps and some uh, bleeps and things like that, but um, maybe you wouldn't use that, but something that incorporates uh, analog technology, right, along with other skills that we don't learn, such as sign language, Morse code, um, I mean, these fundam fundamentals, when all our technology is potentially wiped out. See, we had an EMP, electric magnetic pulse, okay, that puts out and renders all of our electronics useless. Then what do we do? These are like real threats. These are things that aren't really discussed that often. Um, but should we not be prepared? Should we not be educated in some sort of primal and or um, other ideas and ways of communication um, you know if we had more of this going on <laughs> you know people would be learning more uh, there'd probably be less arguments uh, less social discourse maybe that would never end we're on a we're on a continual path of destruction of social technology and social interaction online and I won't get into it. That's a topic for another time, but there's no turning back at this point. So we only have the option to continually moving forward, right? Um, and how is it, it going to be controlled? How do we take what it's become and almost turn back the clock a little bit and make it better than what it is because it's fucking garbage? And that's all I'll say about that. So somebody go out there and develop that idea. If there is an absence out there in education in analog technology and or other forms of communication and 
primitive and uh, very uh, uh, potentially useful life skills, then, uh, hey, develop that and I'll, I'll come get your money, bro. You know what I mean? The aliens invade. Or if we get one of these perfect storms, you know, and get b- blasted by the sun, all our technology gets wiped out, right? I'm going to be over here tapping on a desk going beep, 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 Again, nobody will know what the fuck I'm talking about. But hey, maybe it'll save my life. Maybe it'll save somebody else's life. <laughs> These are traditional skills that, uh, I'm, I don't know, I'm going to look into analog. I'm going to change all my shit to analog. I'm going to get a rotary phone, get a landline, fucking hack that shit. You can't, bitch. Oh, shit, man. Life is rough sometimes. But just think, when you think it's rough, just think about what, you know, you're hurling through space, you're on a planet with Goldilocks conditions um, to create life. And again, you're just a piece of shit carbon, you know, made out of some star, you know. You got all these things going on and working inside you. You're not paying any any attention to that, right? Got all these organisms and uh, cells, multicellular cells, single cells, all working together, these different organs. And you're not thinking about that shit, right? Imagine if we had to think about every little process that our body is doing from breathing to blinking to uh, pumping your heart. You'd go insane, right? But we don't, fortunately, we don't have to think about that, man. We just run. We just are. We just go. <laughs> so anyways, I, I think uh, I'm happy with this podcast. A uh, few that I recorded before, it was like bullshit. It wasn't flowing. I wanted to create something that had a little bit more energy. I wasn't really feeling it, but I had a change in my schedule because everybody's changing shit on me. And uh, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to fucking podcast today. Today's the fucking day. I get one more episode out there. Hope you guys enjoy it. Enjoy your hump day and you're almost to the weekend. Hang in there and I'll be back soon.